You're listening to Three, the podcast. Hello and welcome to Three, a podcast where three filmmakers get together to discuss movies. Join us as we dive in to figure out how these movies work and what they can teach us about the art of filmmaking. Whether you are a filmmaker yourself or you just love to nerd out on the art of cinema, we invite you to take this journey with us. This is a film discussion by filmmakers. This week, we're going to be talking about the 2019 movie Emma, directed by Pablo Lorraine and written by Guillermo Calderon and Pablo Lorraine, starring Mariana D. Girolamo and Gail Garcia Bernal. Uh, make sure to watch the movie first uh, because there's sure to be spoilers in this conversation. Mouth, tongue, teeth, and the lips. T- t- uh, what is it? Uh, the tip of the tongue. The, the tip of the tongue and the teeth in the. Oh, that's what it is. I got it from School of Rock. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a choir exercise Mouth, we used to tongue, do. Teep in... Mouth, tongue, teeth, and the lips? Or what does it say? Tongue, tip of the tongue, teeth, and the lips. That sounds like mewing. Do you guys know what mewing is? No. What's mewing? Oh, no. Mewing is this internet trend where you press your tongue flat on the roof of your mouth and you push pressure there and you kind of suck in all the time and it slowly changes the structure of your face to be more flattering. Like, look it up. It's like this. People do it. Like, it's like people just like mew. Wait, I just. It's like a certain way of life. I just tried doing that. Wait. So it's like you press the top of the. the, the it's like it's like if you had peanut butter stuck to the top of your mouth and you press your tongue on it, and you're almost like pushing up on the top of your mouth because, because I guess mouth breathers like your jaw goes back. I mean, when you're, it's always open, and this is like an internet trend for people to like get more defined. I don't know. Some my friend showed it to me. Wait, is Look it up, a breathing it, exercise though, or is it just more about holding? No, your it's like it, it's it's more about putting pressure in it over time will change the shape of your face. You know, you can get like little exercises for your jaw to get like a stronger jawline. I would, the other day I was sitting, I was like, what are those called? A jaws or size or jaws or size. I looked them jaws up. Jaws or size. Really? Was, are you joking? I think it's what's, I think it, I think, I think that's actually what the company is no called. That does way. It. I like, what? And I was like, is this like good for you? Bad for you? What is the deal with this? Can mewing. And it's just like, I just found an article. Can, can yeah. mewing change the shape of your face? Mewing is a do-it-yourself facial restructuring technique involving tongue placement named after Dr. Mike Mew, a British orthodontist. What the heck? It's a weird world, man. Yeah, it's, and people like do like me mon- one month after mewing and they mew every day for a certain amount of hours. Like they try to always be like that. Mm-hmm. And the, di- the difference is always so slight that I'm like, I don't know if this is like working. I'm looking it up. Mewing results. Because I do know... Like I, I, I have been reading a book on mouth breathing because I'm like as an asthmatic and mouth breathers are very connected. And over time, if you mouth breathe, you the shape of your face will change and you get like way more cavities and it has a bunch of negative side effects. So these two like mouth breathing and mewing are kind of connected ideas. I need to do this. Or like changing the shape of your face and like making you breathe through your nose. The, the book's about mouth breathing as like a positive thing. Like the benefits. No, it's it. very negative. Okay. Super oh, negative. I right. see. Okay, so the jaw like rests further back before mewing and then after mewing the jaw is kind of further out well how do mm-hmm. i look so far because i've been mewing since you brought it up do I look <laughs> well any you're better? coming along great i see i see a big change on your end that's crazy well just give us a pro you, give us a you profile look so handsome really now man well 
Oh my, look yeah, at that. No mewing? No mewing? Wait. After two seconds of mewing? Wait, do no mewing? Man, I see some change. Do you? I do. Yeah, he looks I hot. feel better. <laughs> Dude, you look so hot and handsome. You look so hot and handsome. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. There's some man crushing going on over here. I feel way better. I think I'll probably start a mew blog. Mew blog. So is this like all you the too. time you're supposed to do this? Or is it like... I think it's like a, a posturing, like standing with a straight back. And I think people do it for like months and months where they kind of like in moments of rest, they mew. I don't know. It just seems a little sketchy, but um, yeah, it was a weird internet trend that I found so crazy. I'd never even heard Are of. you a mouth breather? I'm trying to not be a mouth breather currently. Okay. I'm like, I'm sleeping with strips on my mouth and like I tape my mouth at night. Wait. I've been reading a book. You've been... I've been reading books about it and stuff taping your mouth shut like with what kind like cellophane tape or cello tape it's no 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 it's like a, i ordered off amazon it's like these little strips that have a tiny hole in the middle i haven't been doing it recently because i've been feeling a bit anxious about it but <laughs> yeah the idea is that if you if you're a mouth breather you've like never had a good night's sleep would you look up like mouth breathing like tape with, yes like yeah sleep tape sleep tape it's like a whole thing no way so people who snore, like they don't get in the same go sleep. But like, yeah, there's all this stuff with like your nose. When you breathe in through your nose, it like cleans the air and then filters it and releases some chemical that like opens up your airways. And then you get more relaxed or whatever. Anyways, I've been reading a book about it. But mouth breathing is h horrific for when you sleep. And mouth breathing, apparently, if we're nerding out on this, is like a huge causer of cavities from like oxidation. If you like breathe through your mouth get more no way dude that actually explains a whole lot it's i'm crazy I'm, I'm definitely a mouth breather and i take care of my teeth so well but i always have problems with cavities my entire life look into like mouth breathing and cavity cavities it's like a real it's a real can section. can we just take a second you guys need to look up mouth breathing tape on google and then click on images some of these photos are hilarious like there's like women who are like gently sleeping and they have like the cross tape over their mouth it's just oh so awkward dude i want to shoot ads for this tape <laughs> it's so do you see the clear one yeah like the clear one with a little hole in it mm -hmm. that's the somni fix is the ones i rock i just want to remind the audience out there that this is a filmmaking podcast but we have gone down like a rabbit hole so bear with us well i was about to say that nose breathers must be way better filmmakers than they have more they have more energy right yeah they think clear being someone who isn't that i bet you we could do a study on like who the best directors are and if they're mouth breathers or not i'm a mouth breather well are you the best director in the world you probably could be but but both of you guys are mouth breathers I want right to be the best director in the world get me some of that tape tape my mouth <laughs> all right here's I, I would say i'm a mouth breather yeah here's an experiment both of you guys are going to make another movie as nose breathers so you're going to discipline yourself become nose breathers make another movie each and then we'll compare your last film to the new film you know mm -hmm. wait are I, you I don't say it all are you doing the som somnifix is that what you said caleb yeah so i was trying it yeah that guy looks super creepy on the box <laughs> it's weird with, with the tape on it <laughs> it's definitely a, it's definitely a funny experience when i do do it like all right good night and just like put tape in my mouth mm-hmm like and then go to bed it's just like i can't say anything else to my partner or anything so i don't know it's kind of feels hilarious but <laughs> i'm sure your wife appreciates it yeah i can finally shut up for a bit eh we 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 movies this movies that what my can... career my career <laughs> put tape on 
she can finally sleep. <laughs> my career, my career. That's what we're all about. We're all self like, yeah. Well, I yeah, my wife's been a huge support in my career, and she's heard of, heard it all. You know. She, well, I'm not saying my much. wife's not a support, so we're just so we're clear. <laughs> okay, right? okay. Yeah. But let's hear. Yeah. There's a sure. there's an eye roll every once in a while. Come on. Oh yeah. She'll put me in my place. <laughs> Does she ever like just get like okay, enough's enough. Just get like stop. Yeah, stop for sure. This? Well, sometimes I'll I'll have these big revelations in my career. It'll be like, "Oh, I just learned something that I should have been doing for the past 5 years." And she'll be like, "You didn't know that? What the heck? I told you that 5 <laughs> years ago. I told you to do that." And I'll be like, "Oh, you're right, but there's something about going on the journey and actually learning it for myself." And it actually clicks, but that that's Heroes happened journey. quite a few times. Yeah. Do you remember any of these revelations? What was the last one? Oh, I had this. I, I had this big revelation that, like, what whatever you tell people you are, like on set, even if you're on set, like as a camera assistant, if you just start telling people you want a DP or you are a DP as well, like eventually mm-hmm. everyone will just start to view you as a DP and hire you as a dp it's hard to do that takes confidence but yeah no right. it's funny how we think that we think that we have to be like had fully made it for everyone else it'd be at the same level as everyone ever that calls himself a cinematographer a dp to claim that over yourself yeah it's like if you're a musician you have to say oh no I, like if you have won a grammy you can't say you're a musician which is like insane <laughs> that's kind of how we treat ourselves in this world right directors don't have that problem though i feel like they're like i'm a director and they just kind of they don't have that same insecurity, do they, Jason? I feel like directors directors are the most insecure people. Like, way yeah. way more insecure than DPs. Oh, that's what I meant. Oh, Either way, yeah. that was like a no, weak I'm one. More, but no, I thought... I'm way more insecure than you. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't understand. <laughs> you couldn't understand the depth of my That was a week ago, Will? That was a week no, ago? No, I said that was probably like one of the more weak revelations, but it was something that I... I I brought up to her and she's like, well, duh. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're right. Yeah, no, that's so true. I love how like practical Felicia is. She's like my favorite, yeah, that's favorite person is. to talk to. She's just like, yeah. Like, she, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to describe her, but she's just super honest and she just gets right to the point. I love it. Yeah, that's what I love about her. She balances that's me genius. out. She balances my crazy head in the clouds mm-hmm. and like personality, you know? Yeah, she's great. Um, just kind of bringing this full circle, Caleb, like you doing this exercise with the breathing tape, does it have anything to do with your wife telling you that you're a mouth breather? No, she didn't. I just think I'm a mouth breather. Can she never told me? I was can you tell me what, what, what is this book that you're reading and what, what does it have to do? It's called <laughs> with anything with, with where did it come yeah. from? Okay. Here's, here's my journey of quarantine. I quarantine. You're really bored. The anxiety, the first wave of anxiety when we all thought that we were gonna die. I ended up getting into Wim Hof. Do you guys know Wim Hof? No. Like the Iceman. He's yeah, a, this, yeah. this guy from Holland that this that can like he has the he can be submerged in ice for like an hour and a half without his like core body temperature changing mm-hmm. through the way he breathes. He's like hiked Everest in shorts and no t-shirt. He's like ran a marathon and whatever like the the desert with no water. Anyways, he's this dude that kind of seems kooky, but he has these breathing techniques and cold therapy. And I was like, oh, maybe that would be like helpful for me mentally and then maybe helpful for my asthma because I'm asthmatic. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that and it was on like a YouTube. Someone was talking about it on Joel Rogan, who then talked about this other book. 
I got on this other guy who was just talking about asthmatics and mouth breathing. And I was like, kind of that, that was the train I ended up going. And they're like, oh, maybe that would be, that's where I need to focus on getting my lungs stronger. Interesting. Because I've always had bad asthma and I want like better lungs. We both, we, yeah, I, I have asthma too. I need to, I need to tr- start doing this stuff like yeah. right away. You do, you gotta. I mean, I, I moved to Vancouver and it it's so much more moist here. I was in a really dry climate before and it's, my lungs are better. So that was the first thing where I was like, okay, my lungs can be better. What else can I do? So I ended up on this train and I've ended up uh, doing Wim Hof every day and mouth breathing. You guys should try the Wim Hof though. It feels crazy. All right, what is, I've just watched like little documentaries of him on YouTube. He's yeah, he's pretty wild. He's fascinating. Can you give us. Because he gets all tested and stuff. Can you give us like a little rundown of what doing Wim Hof look like is like? He is a character where. You think he's a kook, but he's like got ton. They test everything, all his theories scientifically. Mm-hmm. So his main stuff is like you breathe in and out for like whatever thirty breaths, pretty heavily, and you get tons and tons of oxygen in your body, and then you hold your breath. You breathe all the way out, and you hold your breath for as long as you can, and then you you keep doing this over and over like three times. Mm-hmm. And so when you're doing it, you'll breathe all the way out, like you fully empty your lungs, and you'll be able to hold your breath for like two minutes, and then you'll slowly breathe back in, and you keep going again. But your body like it makes your body alkaline or whatever, and like not acidic. Yeah. I don't even want to try and be the science behind it, but he's just look into it. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. But it's very relaxing. Nonetheless, when you do it, it's relaxing. Interesting. As I drink a beer. <laughs> Anywho. Anyways. Should we just get into the movie? Yeah, we should probably yeah. jump into it. Let's do it. Uh, this this week, I chose the movie Emma, which is uh, directed by Pablo Lorraine. Writers, Guillermo Calderon, Pablo Lorraine, and stars Mariana de Girolamo. Girolamo? <laughs> Mariana de Girolamo and Gail Garcia Bernal. I'll be honest with you, like I chose this. This was because I saw it on a few film lists, and I am a sucker for good posters. Um, and so I think like the poster for this movie really interested me, and the trailer as well is is equally uh, compelling as the poster. So um, I was really interested in this. Did not know what I was getting myself into, um, but. Uh, Super, super interesting. I'm ex- I'm kind of excited to see how this discussion goes today. So, um, but maybe we should start off with what you guys thought about the movie, first impressions, and your ratings. So, who wants to go first? Caleb, what do you think? I hated it. <laughs> I don't know. This movie pissed me off so much. Okay, mm-hmm. I started this movie. The opening image of the stoplight mm-hmm. on fire, and it pulls back, and she's wearing like the flamethrower suit. I literally was like holy shit, this is going to be so sick. I was so excited for where I was going to go. In the first couple of scenes, visually, it felt it felt really good. I was like, okay, where is this going? And then ultimately, it just felt fetishy without any reason. And I have a, I have a current beef with da- interpretive dance. I'm so sick of seeing dancing on Vimeo and in music videos that I just have this like instinctual, like I hate this kind of dancing right now. I'm not saying I'm right for it, but I'm just so sick of seeing it. And so this whole movie just felt like I was watching Vimeo for like every one of those music videos I've ever seen <laughs> for two hours. And then I just didn't give a shit about the characters as it went on. So I, I found it, I wanted to like it, but I just found it annoying. So I, I'm going to give it a two out of five. Ooh, low rating. Wow. Uh, I don't know, that's my lowest rating Before yet. we move on to William, um, can I just say, I had a really very strange experience watching this movie where I thought I saw you in the movie. <laughs> like there's one of the dancers in the scene that I was like, 
oh, that kind of looked like Caleb. It might have been a girl, so please don't be offended. That's fine. But then for every other dance scene, <laughs> it's like my mind was primed, like <laughs> just imagining if you were there doing those dances. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. <laughs> probably one of the funniest experiences. <laughs> William, just try to put your mind there. Like if Caleb was actually doing those little like, you know. Oh, I would love it. I would be like, dude, Caleb, you are so free, man. Make it tone. So liberated. Yes, I'm Lib is liberated in that one. Anyways, we can move on to uh, your uh, initial (laughs) thoughts, Will. Yeah, I'm in a similar boat. I didn't love it. Uh, I, I, too just like seeing that first opening shot thought it was going to be a much stronger movie um i don't know the characters there was nothing really super compelling or likable about them and maybe that's the point but i never was rooting for anybody in the movie really and there was just nothing that really hooked me into it the whole ride so i felt like at times it just fell into this like music video territory i suppose where it would just go into these montages and it felt like they weren't super necessary didn't love it. I'm going to say two and a half out of five. That's a good reading. Yeah. Two stars. Maybe I should do two and a half. Two and a half is, is yeah, I should do two and a half because that's lower than 50%. It's pretty bad. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. Those those numbers are like reserved for the square, you know? Right. Yeah. Totally. Uh, it, it wasn't until the end, though, that I started kind of, I was like, okay, maybe I got to see this whole movie differently. So I tried to start seeing it as like, oh, what are these characters representing? Like I started asking these questions and I feel like it's probably got a strong political message behind it. I don't know if, what type of filmmaker this guy is, honestly. I think I've seen Jackie, but... So, I don't know. I, I feel like there could be more to it below the surface, but I feel like just as a story, it didn't really hit me. Mm. Didn't mm. love it. Well said, Jason. Um, I, like you guys, had such a good reaction to those opening shots. And I do have to say, I probably disagree with both of you guys. I think one of the most redemptive things in the movie were the dance scenes. Um, just because it, it it provided a nice little break, so I was actually a big fan of the dance scenes. Kind Did of. Did I say I hated the dance scenes? No. I just want to clear, make sure that I. No, I, but you, but you're saying you saying you said it, it fell like, in the music video territory. Yeah. It, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah which no. is kind of like a pejorative way of looking yeah. at the dance. Okay. Scenes. I just want like to make it clear that I loved. I actually really liked the dance scenes. Just so that I'm not putting that box because I love dancing lately. I'm I'm like the opposite of Caleb. <laughs> This is you, great. Okay, now, now I'm imagining you in the dance scenes instead of Caleb. So. But I'm in the dance scenes too, but I'm pissed off. Like I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't want to be here anymore. And then, then Will is like jiving. I wish we published just the the video of this as well because Will is full on dancing. <laughs> <laughs> trying to dance. I'm trying to dance like that reggaeton liberation freedom you know i can't do it um yeah, it's tough to do without music you know without that do 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 um but so i i think i like appreciated probably for the first time appreciated the dance stuff in the narrative but big butt here the second that they started speaking i was like i hate this movie i hate it oh no it's, I feel really bad about that, but as soon as they started speaking, it just sounded like someone who was trying to be important. They were talking mm-hmm. like no one would ever talk in real life. It mm-hmm. just sounded like someone trying to be cool, you know, or make a movie that was cool. And I just thought it, it felt so forced. It's, it felt so unnecessary. 
I felt like the, 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 the visuals were beautiful, even like everywhere where they were dancing and, and the places that they chose to For film. For sure. The, the visuals were, awesome. were so strong. But as far as like, and I think the acting was even amazing. I, 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 her, Mariana de Girolamo, uh, I thought she did amazing in the part of Emma. And of course, I've always been a fan of Gail Garcia Bernal um, as Gaston. I really liked the acting even. Everyone who was involved, I thought it was incredible. It just felt like a really big vanity exercise for Guillermo Calderon and Pablo Lorraine. Like it, it just seemed like it, the dialogue for me was so bad. Like it was just like, hey guys, I'm going to say something that doesn't really make sense in this context and I'm going to make it sound really cool. So it lost me there and then it just kind of goes on this crazy journey and I was like, come on, there's got to be a little bit of redemption here. Um, but unfortunately, no. I think that we all agree. <laughs> like it wasn't, I was not a fan of this movie. It looked cool. It seemed like it looked cool and it was supposed to be sexy, but it, it just, to me, it looked like it was trying too hard to be those things, you know? And so I would probably give this movie a two and a half. Yeah. A two and a half. Yeah. Out of five stars, which we're all, it, we're all together. It looked so good. Like, uh, who it doesn't who matter, actually, man, who shot it? Um, Sergio Armstrong. Um, I thought the I thought the cinematography and the editing was incredible, but as far as like the directing, it just seemed like a, a vanity exercise. Is there is this live in the genre of like Step Up or what's it called? Like a dance. Uh, what movie? are those dance movies called? Step, Step Up. Step Up or Stomp the Yard or whatever. Like it feels like the Vimeo version of that. But is that what this is? This is kind of like a musical. I think it's more is political. That, I haven't watched those movies really, but is what did you say? I don't think so. I don't think, you don't so think it's, either. It just felt there was so much dancing and stuff that it was it wasn't about a dance troupe but it was kind of i don't know i just wondered if every once in a while this is a genre that i'm just i'm just alien to and i'm ignorant to and that's just like what it was it would it did what it was supposed to do Mm -hmm. but i've just never watched those dance videos i don't think so i don't think it was like that i think that in in the sense that like a musical kind of like when we watched cold war, how that music was incorporated because it was a dance company. I think they did, or uh, like a show company. I think that they did the same thing in this movie with the dance company, but I will tell you at times it did feel like I wondered if the production just had like a really cool dance company at their beck and call. And they just, you know, use them for every other scene because yeah, it was just a little bit weird, but it felt like a musical to me, a danceical. Yeah. Can you call it that? A danceical. A danceical. This movie felt like it was trying to be Nicholas Wine and Refn so hard. Like, just because, yeah. and he's a guy that is extremely pretentious, but in a way that I really admire. Like, have you guys watched Too Old to Die Young, his new Amazon show? Mm-mm. No. It's so crazy. It's like, it's, he made a slow movie in the form of a television series, but it very much has the pacing of, I swear, five seconds between every line of dialogue and then lots of staring scenes and people kind of posed. But I cared about the characters and I was invested, even though it was insane. Whereas this just felt like, yeah. And Nicholas Wine Refn also uses very, very good looking people. And like he he always talks about like fetishes and like lots of his movies are based on that kind of, I don't know, like beautiful people or like fetishy sex stuff or whatever. And that's what this movie felt like. Mm-hmm. But I just had a hard time getting through, getting through it. Um, I just, like like you said earlier, Will, I didn't care about the characters at all. Yeah. 
I feel like she had this allure to her that she could control anyone that just didn't make sense yeah. to me. And there was right. no consequence to anything. And she was doing extremely awful things, but then it just worked out in the end in this weird kind of like incesty weird. family vibe. Yeah. And I and maybe and I was wondering going into this conversation if there's just something key it's talking about or like critiquing or working through that I just am missing so that my read on the movie is 100% incorrect because my read on the movie is just right like I just I hated what it said well like it's really funny because a lot of the movies that we've been reviewing have a lot of female empowerment themes and I'm reading this article right on screen daily and it talks about for all its celebration of female agency it's hard to shake off the impression that Lorraine and his two male co-writers are getting a little intoxicated on the thrill of a young modern women's gender fluidity. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting because I think that it is trying to like celebrate the celebration of female agency. Like she can kind of overcome anyone or anything through her sexuality. Right. But it is interesting. The director's a male and the writers are male. Yeah. So it felt it was such a weird vibe. Yeah. You know, it had that feeling of like a almost like a teenager's fantasy or something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the I, male's fantasy of empowerment or something. I don't know. What did oh. You, yeah, what you... yeah. That's a good point. No, I was just was kind of going to agree with you. Like, it was just like so unreal the way she would just walk in, like, encounter people and get them to woo, like, like woo after her sexually, really, within like two minutes. It was like, that hit that point in that movie where all of a sudden she was having sex with everybody. <laughs> Everyone yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Like she had sex with. And I was just like, first off, I don't care about this character, but why? Like why, why it, it, that's so unrealistic to her. She has all, she's like destructive and she has all these issues. I don't know. Just didn't work. Yeah. It was, didn't add it up. was just so weird. Even like what it was saying of like, they gave the child away. Is Okay. We should maybe just like go through the story and make sure I even, Mm-hmm. registered it right right yeah they gave their child back to be adopted it put a lot of strain in the relationship and then she can't get it, the child back legally so she decides to go after the new family he's with basically right. having sex with each party to what i thought break them apart <laughs> yeah that's what i thought the point was too she formed a mutiny on their dance troupe so they left to f- pursue more freedom and music less something less traditional and then it all came to a head when she stole the kid without any consequence from school. And then they all interact and they have an awkward conversation. And then they all live in a house together. Like everyone she's been, in my view, abusive towards in a way. They all just end up living together. Yeah. I just. What is this? A com- What was it saying? It seems like it's it supposed saying? to be a comment on something, doesn't it? Like. Yeah. Yeah. It, does, it, it, do, it fully does. Is it about. Like the way culture does it have going. to do with like your sexual partners or something like you're you, you'll always live with them type thing it it feels allegorical or could it feels like a morality tale of... that you like you're never fully separated or there's always some sort of this is the best i got when it cause, okay so i watched it on movie and at the end you can kind of go back and read like they have like articles related to this movie and all i saw was that they did a sit-down interview with the director, Pablo, and the the title of the inter- interview was called Everything is Political. So then I started to really think about this movie more to trying to like tackle any of the political things that might be involved. And this could be a huge stretch, but 
what I got was that maybe she represents America or some form of like, because she's she's the only one who has her her hair dyed white, and it, everyone comments on how they don't like it. Right? Mm-hmm. She has this obsession with this dance that's it's like it's like the dance is like obsessed with like freedom right right and so there's this huge thing about freedom in there i'm not saying i like landed on any specific thing but i started to kind of piece together some things with that like maybe if she represents sort of like an america kind of like using all the cultures around it and in the end just like forcing the lifestyle to be like hey you are you all are gonna just like work with me and and live in harmony with me so I can have my own way. So you would say that she's kind of like a colonial character, like, you know, like going, like conquer, make it yours. The view of, like you're saying that it well, wasn't I pro, guess... the main character. Like it, what she was up to was a cautionary tale of how not to be. Is that kind of the vibe you're, you're saying? Does that make yeah, sense? or more, more exposing. And I'm not saying this is what it is, but if she represented America, it would be kind of, calling America out for the way it uses all the other countries around it, the way it kind of says, you know, makes... Or did you arrive in America? Where did, the, where did America come from? Just the way that the style is or the way that she... Or did the article hint towards that? It's interesting. Was I her, think I, were her clothes... No, no, no. <laughs> were her clothes red, white, and blue? You know, she, she was always like wearing track suits, right? Well, they all, right. It, it's just like the, the current whatever hype beast style, but yeah. I, I didn't read anything about America, so this is totally my own... Uh, interpretation right. and i'm not even saying and another disclaimer that i don't know it's just the only <laughs> no, thing no, no, i want no, to i want to build up your build so, up the idea a bit more and see if i can like latch onto on. it yeah. yeah there was something about the way they handled the kid and obviously the more recent issue of kids being kind of taken from their families at the border in america's right in america Interesting. right yeah so that i think there's something with that there was something about how they made a big deal about reggaeton being about freedom and and then just her dyeing her hair white in a culture that that's not normal. Right, right. I, I think those are probably the three biggest, strongest cases for that. I don't know if that completely sells it, but what would this be saying politically if this director is all about, he's saying everything is political mm. to him, right? Hmm. The, the view of the adoption part of that is kind of compelling. Like, what did the, the child mean in all of it is interesting. I didn't really focus much on the child to be honest they talk about the child in so weird of terms what's his name polo the child's name was polo yeah yeah polo and so um yeah it's so weird i feel like i struggled obviously because there's a little bit of loss of translation so when they said giving up i, I wasn't sure if they meant that so i read that it was a failed adoption and i was like oh i thought they you know i don't even know like yeah i thought they like read they went back on their idea of adopting. Right. Yeah, like after he ended up being a destructive kid. But then it turned out that they had him for like six years, right? Yeah. And it w- it had to do with even their lifestyle as well. Um, right. So it was just, it, it, I didn't fully understand what was going on. And I think that there might have been a little bit of language barrier there because uh, this movie's mm-hmm. in Spanish. That would make, it would be, it would make more sense if they took the child away because of the way they were living their lives. That's right. what I thought it was for the first, like, half. Oh, I thought that they decided they didn't want no, the child. I think they too much did. Of a burden. I believe that they, they did do that, but the, the social worker, the child care worker said that she had lied for them because their lifestyle did not reflect positive parental values and so she actually lied on the application 
so that they could have the child in the first place. But then they gave the child up. But the, the whole time, I thought that Emma didn't want the child back. She kept talking about how she's so much more free now that she doesn't have a child. But you see throughout the movie the entire time she's trying to get her kid back. Or get back of the people that have her kid or that were involved in it, it felt like. Yeah. She just didn't. She just felt like she was trying to destroy people's lives, like burn it, burn it all down. Yeah. The flamethrower stuff was obviously a big part of it. Probably my favorite, most interesting visual part of this whole movie. Thing, right. This idea of like going around just lighting cars on fire, lighting statues on fire, lighting, right. you know, different stuff on fire. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm hmm. And, and even in the dialogue, Gaston says, You taught our son Polo how to set things on fire. Yeah, I remember that. And one of the reasons they gave up Polo is because he threw alcohol on her sister's face and set her her face on fire. And so her sister has like loss of hair, loss of like skin on her face and stuff. Like that's intense, man. Like what, so what, it feels like they're trying to make a point, you know? It was, Mm -hmm. it's, I have the same criticism for this movie as I do have with, no offense, William, Mother. Like it feels like this is super allegorical and that the director has a strong point of view, but he's just not telling us what it is. But not as on the nose, honestly. Yeah, because Mother, you knew. You could sniff it out. No, yeah. But but like this director. I got you though, yeah. He he's not telling us what it is, and the studio is not forcing him to do like press and, t- and tell us what the answer is ahead of time. Right. You know what I mean? Like it it feels weird. So, do you guys read any articles on it? Or with, I am. Did you end up reading any? No. I I have. I start. I didn't I'm not start. Seeing yeah, much. I, was, I want to find something like this. I want to find like oh the reasoning or the thinking. Right. Because without that, it's just just feels like the perfect definition of pretentiousness in film to me it does right like i can't until i can like assign something or some thought to it i just like oh i don't need countless scenes of people staring at each other in sexual tension i have no problem with nudity or anything like that or the themes right just like felt empty there's nothing redemptive about her character it just seemed super shallow if that was the point okay i can start there and work my way backwards but yeah it was so strange Especially the way they chose to end it. Like if there was yeah. consequence for her actions. But she was just so sexy that people wanted to have a, a huge family with her because she was so hot. And then no matter who she talked to, they thought she was so beautiful and they wanted her so bad that she could just do anything she wanted. That, just like, that's what the movie felt like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. And there was like multiple times throughout the movie where as soon as it was a chance to make it interesting or, or it was like almost about to engage me into something. And then it would go this other way where it was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> now yeah. you're going to go that way. And a good example yeah. is like, I, I thought for sure this was whole all her plan. Well, I guess it was. It was all her like plan to get her kid back. But then all of a sudden she's walking back up to who who she robbed him from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. I was like, oh, I thought this whole point of this whole thing was for her to get her son and just leave town and be able to be with her son. I think it was blackmail. It felt like blackmail until at the end she was, you know, like she it was almost like it was like blackmail turned sour and she ended up falling in love with these people. So she had to all mm-hmm. be with she had so much love for everyone. Yeah. I just don't know why these people would put up with it. <laughs> exactly. Because even even the man, I forget. I, I don't know her name, but the the mom, the lawyer, Hollow, the lawyer, the lawyer, like she. You know, there's a whole scene where she's crying and it's just like, okay, but then even that, 
she's crying and she's sad, but then she's like, oh, I still want to be with you. She's still trying to actively be like, how can we have the baby together and but all this stuff? She wanted her only for sexual purposes. Yeah, because they have that scene where they say they're not fully in love yet or whatever. They're not in love with each other. That's what they. Yeah, so it was all physical. Like if it was some sort of like re- role reversal of how men operate in the world or something like that. Okay, okay, I can get behind that. If that's where it's heading, but just didn't give me enough to like make that conclusion. Or I don't know, like just the the lack of responsibility to other humans without any consequences bothered me so much mm-hmm. yeah it just felt so pointless that's why I, it feels like there's supposed to be some point that they're making about something it's like a political statement but we just don't know what it is you know yeah. that's that's exactly what it feels like and i think that it was oh. so visually beautiful that they i think that it's like kind of justified artistically for a lot of people I don't think so. Like it's it is super beautiful. Like on itself, if you just muted it and you saw all these visuals, it is definitely beautiful. But it's definitely lacking in a lot of areas. You know, I just didn't get it, man. Definitely, like it needed more dancing. (laughs) If this is truly a movie that's just about this woman or this terrible relationship, this terrible thing traumatic mm-hmm. experience they're going through them all the while being involved in this reggaeton dance troupe it's just not a good movie <laughs> i love jackie so yeah. honestly when i when i saw jackie i just i love the pace is jackie the lawyer no jackie jackie's are a different movie like yeah, the, oh is jackie movie. the one about jfk's wife yeah yeah oh that's the same director same director that was his last movie interesting um so I was I was actually a fan of how they did that movie, but um, yeah, this one was just like definitely not the best. I wish we had someone that loved it. It's hard to it's hard to not just shit on it when we all feel yeah. the same way. We're trying so hard to love it right now, or find something to at least like. I just want to find something redemptive, like or give something us a like nugget. with. Here's some reggaeton for us. Yeah. I don't know what this is saying, so if this is saying something really dirty, I apologize to our Spanish speakers out there. Sorry. Also, back to what I was saying before, Will, you're, I feel bad that I'm talking shit on dancing, and then you're stoked on dancing. <laughs> no, I. it's fine. I, I get it, because I get what you're saying. This style of dance, it's like in every video. right now, yeah, dude. Right, right. I can but, count like 15 local music videos from vancouver in the past yeah. year that all did no it. i get that i'm just on this trip where um i watched jojo rabbit and when the girl says when you're free you dance i've just i've just been running with that I'm like, it's so true it's so true that's great and dance i have no problem with dancing yeah i, I know have, i know i just have a exhaustion with dancing and some I, I get it right now <laughs> vimeo dancing just vimeo yeah. dancing just like the low-hanging fruit of something aesthetic that's like okay someone in like funky outfit and there is people who've done it well and it's fine i think in general though i'm more ignorant to like the appeal of dance like interpretive dance i just don't get it i have a thing in me though when i was a little kid i was so cringed out by hip-hop dancing i have like memories of being really young and seeing hip-hop dancers and just like not liking it so i think i have some bone to pick with hip-hop dancing (laughs) that's i gotta process this i like as a yeah early memories at school, like dance recitals or whatever, I was like, oh, this is cringe. That's probably something in me. Did you ever go to like school dances? Like, like you mean like dance, dan- like dancing with each other? I don't mind yeah. that. That's awesome. Like that's the fun. prom? Like, that's great. Yeah, 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 for sure. And went to the club and whatever. That's a great fun. I love that, dancing. Like you that. have to refer to it as the club. Yeah, 
yeah, the club, bottle full of bub. I got what you need. <laughs> what? Okay, this got 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Everybody Damn. loves this movie. Yeah, let's read some reviews or something. I don't know. I, I can say one of the... My first biggest gripe with it is I just hated how... It, it was like this couple had should have been split up a long time ago. It, those first few scenes where they're interacting with each other, Gaston and Emma, it's, or Emma, it's just... It's so... Like, they're just blaming and blaming and blaming each other so harshly. And I'm just like, man. And then so when she actually chose to leave him, I was like, oh, now you're going to do that? Like, you should have before this movie started. He should have been gone. But, oh, well. Yeah, and then she comes back when he's with another girl from her dance group, and she's like, they're having sex, and she, like, rips him off, rips her yeah. off, and kicks her out of the house. She just wanted everybody, and she, and she didn't want them to have each other. I don't know. She wanted to have control over what, I don't know. I hate this view of freedom, or, like, if that's what this is up to, in our culture right now, it just pisses me off so much. Like it trying it's such to... a fallacy. This like this like uh, I don't even know if this is a first podcast, but just like seeing the more and more prevalence of like polyamory and everyone's like all about on that tip right now, where mm-hmm. I live at least, it's super super common. Mm-hmm. Right. It's been like yeah, there's probably like a a, pers- a super small percentage of people that that would work well for, but it's like broadcast like it's the new free way to relationship, and it's like that doesn't add up to me. And that's what this movie felt like it was preaching to me. Right. It was this like free view, which I just don't believe works. But then you're saying it might be the opposite. Like it's critiquing it. But which I'm like, okay. Maybe that's what I wanted it to do. I don't know. Yeah, I would want to do that because I, I don't like that. Or I, I not, don't like it. I just don't agree with it. Right. Like how far we're swinging that way. Okay. Anyone find anything good? Any good reviews? Because I don't want to talk about... Here's a review from David Elric, who's a pretty popular reviewer, right? On Letterboxd. Um, An anarchic, liberated, and contagiously alive character study that feels like it was born out of a three-way between Amelie, Old Boy, and Gaspar Noé before <laughs> maturing into a force of nature all its own. Pablo Lorraine's Emma doesn't always dance to a clear or recognizable beat, but anybody willing to get on its wavelength will be rewarded with one of the year's most dynamic and electrifying films. I want that wavelength. Which isn't to suggest the movie Lorraine's first since the one-two punch of Neruda and Jackie in 2016 doesn't grab you from the moment it starts, only that it keeps you on your toes for a little while before you can figure out the steps. And it never lets you take the lead. That's half the review. All the reviews that I'm reading all seem to say like, yeah, this is what, like it describes a story and then they're like, it was really cool and that's it. They don't really give deep explanations of why they, they like or don't like it. It's more like an impression of it that they liked where it was going, the feel of it or like the the mood. And I got to give it to it, like the mood with the locations, the way it looked, the flamethrower, the dancing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It had a vibe that was- Oh, yeah. Like- but that was probably more my frustration is that it could have took me somewhere so awesome. Yeah. That it almost was like, why do all this for this? Not that like movies need to say something or like whatever, but just more like. Well, know, no, I think that's the problem. I feel like this movie is really, really trying to say something. It's just not doing it well. Yeah. Caleb, here's a, here's a Reddit, or a, I mean, a letterbox review for you. It's a four. This, this guy, Wes, gives it a four and a half stars and says, that was the saddest step-up sequel I've ever seen. 
genius. Yeah. That's so good. Uh, there's another review that brings up uh, we need to talk about Kevin and Marriage Story, which are both vibes I definitely got from this film. At some point, I was like, ooh, because I really like I really like we need to talk about Kevin. I don't Did love we watch Marriage that Story, together? But possibly, because I, I, I was super on that movie and yeah. my time in Australia for sure. Yeah. I actually want to give it another watch soon, but I liked it. But I was getting those vibes. I mean, Marriage Story for sure, because you're just seeing this awful relationship unfold before your eyes. <laughs> you mean like a Marriage Story, like the Noah Baumbach movie? Yeah, like I was just getting those same vibes. Yeah, I love that movie so much. Oh man, I didn't love so, it. You didn't? No love way. It. I mean, it's great performances and everything, but I just something about just watching. A terrible marriage unfold i just i didn't love it yeah no. well I mean, obviously I, yeah. that's it's I mean, trying you, to say something you, in that but yeah anyways it's kind of like blue, blue valentine where it's just like to yeah. watch a, a dying relationship is always heartbreaking yeah sure. maybe that's that's not fair to say that's why i hated it i just remember not loving it i have a, I have a question so there was a few scenes where they were like full-on like i don't even know if you'd call it lighting or probably a filter and editing that were like bedroom scenes that were like full neon red or, you know, blue or there's there's a lot of scenes like that. Or actually, there's several colors, blue, green, red. Um, but it didn't seem like it was lighting. It seemed like it was almost like post-production filter or something. It was just really weird. Oh, like they took they took they took all the highs and pushed them blue or something. Yeah, exactly. Oh. I'm not really sure, but did you notice that it was specifically, it was like mainly bedroom scenes um, and it just kind of came out of nowhere and they didn't really do that all the time. Sure, there was great hues and I felt like it was shot really well, but it was like the scenes in the bedroom were always super blue or super red or super green. Mm-hmm. I think it was green when she was with the lawyer and, and blue when it was everyone and red when it was your husband did you guys notice that at all like and and from a visual perspective i mean i noticed did it seemed jarring to you it was to cool. switch to that it didn't just because there was lots of use of neon throughout so i was like okay it doesn't need to be true to anything because this world is wild you know what i mean like i didn't mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't bother me when, when a room goes full red at all right it depends on the story for me i, th- I thought it worked here i think their sense of place was established enough as this colorful neon type world that it was okay, and it was okay that sometimes people were keyed with green room lights mm-hmm. and yeah, <laughs> in the middle of the day. But I, I can see that taking you out. Or, well, or would you say I mean, it took you out, or just something you noticed? Oh, it's just something that I think I I stepped back a few times going like, oh, that's interesting, because we went from like a bedroom scene, like stark neon coloring, to like she was in the car driving away or something, and it was just kind of normal. And I was like, well, that's odd, you know, mm. like it it just right. kind of it made me notice like, wait, is this scene like all one color? Like it seemed like it was like it, someone had put a blue filter over it. It wasn't even like lighting. It was, it just seemed blue. Even the dark seemed mm. blue, you know, but it was only on a specific set of scenes. I like the neon world that they kind of did put forward on all the scenes. It was quite normal, especially when they're at like the, it looked like basketball courts where they were doing some of the dances. Like there's this color, pops of color everywhere, especially at nighttime with like the apartment buildings like surrounding them. So crazy. That that one wide shot was insane. Yeah. Where they were on the, they were on the court and the yeah. building was like pink and then blue. There was one that was like, damn, that is crazy. It was, yeah, it was actually really cool. So I really appreciated those, but then those scenes that were strictly neon colored, it was weird. It it just it uh it I guess it took me out of it for a second. I was like, what just happened here? 
Um, so I was wondering if it was jarring for you guys, but I don't, it, it doesn't need to be. I was just a question. So, but yeah, maybe we should talk talk about take takeaways. I think I have one. I can maybe lead with it. I think I've been thinking about more and more recently of the idea of make going somewhere to make a film. I love the idea of that. This do I think doing this in a place that was so new visually just helped the film so much. Like even then when they're riding the trains, the trains or like that we the the tram. We're on that tramp. Those those scenes were so awesome. Like the way the vehicles and the vehicle shots, the world they set it in was awesome. Mm-hmm. I yeah. loved it. And just this idea of like looking for interesting places in the the whole world, not just the city you live in, even though it's more expensive to do that. But just open up your mind to be like, okay, where would be a cool place to do a movie? If it is you know in South America, there's so much I need to see. I've never been there. You can kind of take the audience somewhere new by making a film which is cool that's good yeah locations are huge right there's those cities that it's like oh we can spin this into any generic city and then there's those cities that you just can't deny they have such a look such a strong visual look to them and i have never seen this city specifically in any film before like even if i've seen it you know nothing recognizable it's so unique. And to treat it like a, a modern version of what it is, not like, a, I don't know, you see South America in some gold movie where Dwayne the Rock Johnson is going, you know, and you, you see this weird version, this depiction of South America. With a, with a sepia filter on that. it? Yeah. <laughs> My takeaway is, you know, you can totally save a shitty story by just adding more dancing in your movie. It's so great. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> I don't know what I would take away from this film. I, I thought the cinematography was good. And I took some screenshots of some of the compositions. I thought there were some compositions that were really strong and interesting. A lot of center framing, which was nice. Dude, the when they're in the in the car and she's center framed. Do you remember that scene? Where she's a passenger in the car and they're driving and they center frame her on the side. Anyways, there was some center framing that I did yeah. screenshot as well that was so good. Yeah. yeah. It's center framing is an interesting thing because at least in my experience in film school, you know, anybody, you learn the rule of thirds. And when you're first learning to compose a shot, you're sticking to that so much. You almost learn to view center framing as a bad thing. But especially now, you see it so much. It's just another element you can use to tell the story, right? And more than mm-hmm. ever, I feel like you're kind of seeing it creep into, uh, especially a lot of big TV, right? Well, you're seeing but, it so much with like, I'm noticing a lot more over the shoulder center framing, which is really interesting. Yeah, it, that's always, that is a weird thing. Like, because it's I like not, it. yeah, it doesn't look bad. And I'm never like, oh no, why are they doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, wh- why are they center framing? They're breaking the rules. It's it's always like, okay, you can use center framing or even, I don't know, maybe I've noticed it more in TV world, but a lot of like the opposite of center framing where you, what would you call it? Their headroom is on to uh, on the opposite side of the frame than it should be. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like far side or like no, like near side. You mean like where they're on like like they're facing the way closest to the edge of frame? Is that what you mean? Yeah, like their faces scrunched near up siding. against the edge of the frame. Yeah, and they'll so shoot like conversations this, was... like that as well. The like I've, I see that happen in TV a lot now. Like I don't and yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just trying to be cool, but every once in a while it's it's done in an effective way where it's kind of like okay, you're. Yeah, both of these characters feel very. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what kind of mood it communicates, but it does something. I've seen it pulled well, off, I should say, and I think center framing has become such a common thing to use in storytelling that I don't really notice it as much anymore. Either way, there were some compositions in this movie I loved. I'll take that away. <laughs> I love having to do a takeaway from a movie you didn't like. It's like so like condescending, you know. It's like. Yeah, I like that there was 
Lots I like that they tried. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I, I, my biggest takeaway, and I, I think that I had it on the first moment of watching the movie, was the power of an opening image. Um, oh yeah. If I can, Dude, if I can good. take anything away from this movie, is, uh, man, that like just do the opening image and you've got an award-winning shot right there. Like I loved it. I thought that was great. And so, um, I was challenged myself. I, I, I admit that I was like thinking about, man, the movie that I'm working on right now has a super lame opening image. And so like, there's something that I want to do to kind of like spice that up and it challenged me. So I think that in storytelling, you know, everything is turning to fire or this character, Emma sets everything on fire does really outline the rest of the movie. And um, so, I loved that part of this movie. Yeah. So that's probably like, like a big the, takeaway. The flamethrower was genius. Yeah. And I like that it kept kind of returning throughout. And by the way, the last shot, the last image is her filling up the tank to go do it again. To, to just keep <laughs> It was like a reverse doing, right? Yeah. Reverse bookends, you know, like <laughs> I thought it, I thought it was great. You know, opening image and closing images are, are huge. So. That's my big takeaway is visually being able to tell your story in just one image is, is so powerful. So I, I think that they did that really well in this movie. Yeah. That idea of just opening it up and you see a, what was it? A stoplight on fire. It's like, that just begs oh, for, dude. to mm-hmm. see more. You're just like, I want to know. I want Even this to. character who is like a, you know, that is like an arsonist. Like that to me is like an interesting character. Yeah. But it was just so secondary to who her character was yeah. that I was like, like the idea of someone roaming around the city with a flamethrower, just like turning <laughs> things to ash, yeah, is so badass. That I was like, yes, I've never seen this imagery. This is so sick. Where is this going? And then it's like, oh, that oh, she's a dancer that has this weird. It's not really like she's not compelled to do it. She's kind of does it to fuck shit up. Yeah, yeah. It. Well, I don't know. Were you guys so excited when she finally got the flamethrower, and it was like that badass shot of her with all of her crew behind her. And they were like slow-mo walking out to like tear shit up in the night. And then it's like, Oh, we burnt one car. And then it was like, Oh, well mm-hmm. that was just the purpose was to get the firefighter guy there so they could talk to him. Yeah. Oh, there's fun. Like, right. What a letdown. Resolution. Yeah. It started to feel like a little bit of a Beyonce music video, you know? <laughs> right. Right. It felt so, you did like so badass. Like, damn. I was like, okay, here it is. Women now this movie's going to turn sick. up. And we're just going to see her going and just lighting stuff on fire. And it's going to go somewhere. Like, rah, rah, I would have rather her just get so mad at the system. And she's actually just goes ham on the whole city and just burns everything. <laughs> and people, and she's like, goes nuts. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. There's like something like that. I would have been way more into that. Interesting that none of us loved it. And everyone else loved it. <laughs> well, it had, I mean, the weird thing that I always think about lately is just when there's, when music is overdone and stuff. I've been such on the the vibe of like music used sparingly. Like Cold War was the perfect example of like the absence of music made music important. Whereas this just felt like the opposite. Like music was meaningless. So I didn't really care. It was like, oh, there's just so much music in it. There right. just was no longer a tool. But just- See, I loved it. I that's another thing that I loved about the movie was was the music. <laughs> you But like there was it wasn't like the it wasn't like the dancings were the only thing where music would come in. It was like every scene had like a, a cool song in it. Did you like mm-hmm. that? I... The dancing scenes were like, okay, if there was no music before the dancing scenes, the dancing scenes would, to me would have been like, whoa, okay. The rest is kind of quiet and subdued. And then when she can dance, it's like it gets popping. But it was just every single scene had like a different droning song to it. 
I know. I kind of liked it. I don't know why. And I just remember towards the end going like, I really do like the music. But again, it, it was just an element. It didn't really have anything. It wasn't sewn into the story for me. So, so I get, I get what you're saying too, but I, I, I actually, for some reason thought to myself, like, I really like this music, um, or the soundtrack. So mm. it's weird. It's really, it weird. was dope. Sound, the music was dope. It was just over, just use it too much. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't love the music, but I'll well, stand strong you know, on that. You know, you're just not a you're just not an expert on dancicles. So <laughs> on dancicle sure, no. reggaeton. Yeah. We, so where are we going next? What's what's uh where are we headed? Who's picking the movie? The movie I'm picking for next week is by yeah, it's called Blow the Man Down, directed by Bridget Savage Cole and Daniel Crudy. Uh yeah. Well actually a friend has recommended it to me. It's twenty twenty Amazon Prime. The setting looks interesting to me. Like maritime kind of setting. Fargo vibes, I think. Mega Fargo vibes. It could be kind of more of a light one that maybe we can just like. <laughs> I don't know. This, I think this one's going to be cool. fun. Well, thanks for listening, guys. And thanks for listening to 3, the podcast. Thanks for joining us on 3, the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and join us next week for another film discussion hosted by Jason Solari, William Somero, and Caleb Ford.